What's up, everyone? This is Must Go Faster, a pop culture podcast for the people. I'm your co-host, Ben Brantlinger, broadcasting from Brooklyn and out in Long Beach, California, anxiously awaiting the next Friday episode of The Great British Baking Show on Netflix. I'm Robert Denfeld. So in this episode, we are not going to be talking about The Great British Baking Show. Too bad. Um, as Rob mentioned, but... <laughs> but we're looking forward Actually, to it, it, nonetheless. Let's do two hours on Great British <laughs> yeah. Baking Show. Um, so we are going to do... Instead, a mega, mega preview yeah. of all the movies we are either you know hyped or intrigued by for the rest of the year. Maybe not all. Let's let's not let's not call it all, but most because I, I feel like a few yeah. are slipping through the cracks. But I literally don't remember or I didn't have time to like research all of them. But uh, yeah, every most, single release. Over yeah, the next most of the four movies months. that we're looking forward to for the rest of the year. Yeah, so we're going to go a little nuts here. You want to get nuts, Rob? Let's get nuts, to quote the great Michael Keaton. (laughs) Batman. Come on! Um, So every year, I feel like there's always a ton of good movies to look forward to in the fall and winter seasons. Oh, yeah. But I feel like this year's crop is, I would say, more enticing than the average year. Definitely better than last year, which I think, like, as a whole, was Mm -hmm. kind of a below-par par movie year yeah so well you call it like kind of just like the award season you know you get into the yeah, october november december season, yeah the oscar, oscar race buzz, right 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 you know thanksgiving christmas you know people are together with their families mm-hmm. and going to see you know that saturday after thanksgiving yeah. or you know the weekend before christmas things like that this so is not groundbreaking is... news it's no secret but yeah we're just sort of introducing <laughs> did you know what we're doing right most right. good movies come out <laughs> yeah. in the fall winter so it's going to be quite a preview, and before we jump in, I know the time of recording this, we are stoked for a few films that I think will already be out by the time this is released next yes. week, but Ad Astra is yeah. one that is coming out. You are seeing it like tonight, you know, basically leaving this pod to go. You're actually in the theater now. <laughs> right. I'm in the lobby of the local AMC <laughs> right. cinema. No. Um, yeah, no. Uh, after we record, I'm going to shower and go to dinner with Natalie and we're we're going to the 10.05 showing of Ad Astra. Um, before I do that um, and introduce a couple more movies that come out this weekend, um, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, my students. I, I just finished. That sounds so weird. I'm not technically a teacher, but um, <laughs> PhD. <figure laughs> right, right. Rare, yeah. No, I just finished my first TA ship at UCLA um, in the Summer Institute uh, film and television program. And a few of my I'm, I was the TA for the digital cinematography class. Um, a few of my students mentioned that they were listening to the podcast and I told them that I'd give them a shout oh, out. So yeah. Shout out yeah. to uh, Mitchka and all the other people listening to Must Go Love Faster. You. Thank Love you. Love you, Mitchka. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. So, <laughs> yeah, Ad Astra. I like your taste in pods. <laughs> right, right. She said it reminded her of The Watch, and uh, that made me feel good. <laughs> no. Well, I've never heard of The Watch. <laughs> yeah, right. What, The Ringer? I was Maybe. like, yeah, oh, The Watch. That might be an inspiration. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So, let's get to Ad Astra, directed by James Gray. Comes out today. Um, Ad Astra in Latin means to the stars. Uh, this is obviously a space film um, starring Brad Pitt and Tommy Lee Jones, Ruth Naga, mm-hmm. Donald Sutherland. Uh, James Gray directed The Lost City of Z, The Immigrant, and We Own the Night, among among others. Uh, those are sort of his highlights. But 
I really loved The Lost City of Z that came out uh, a couple years ago. We never really talked about it on this pod, but mm-hmm. um, it's it's kind of like this long epic about the Amazon rainforest and rainforest and yeah. some British True explorers. True story, I believe it's based off of. That. Yeah, and it was just like really beautiful and interesting. Robert Pattinson. Uh, the other guy that I'm forgetting his name from. Oh yeah, yeah, I know you're talking about. I, yeah, yeah I, I, it's slipping, but I I like that too, and I think James Gray kind of has this. He feels like a class, like almost like a director from a different era of Hollywood. Yeah, in a way. Um, Agreed. And I really, yeah, really dig everything I've seen from him. And Ad Astra, like I've heard it's kind of the headline from it is just how spectacular it is visually. Mm, yeah. So. I'm going to be seeing this. I'm not, unfortunately, seeing it tonight, but I, I'm very excited. Brad Pitt in space. He's having a hell of a year coming off of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Right. And I'm I'm very excited for Ad Astra. Yeah. Know, it's kind of like a, it'll be out by the time this is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'll see it. We'll probably talk about it on the next uh, podcast once we've both seen it. But uh, Charlie Hunnam and Tom Holland also mm. in The Lost City of Z. Those Spider-Man. are the names I was searching for. Sienna Miller. Right. Um. So... Yeah, Ad Astra, super excited for it. Brad Pitt in space, I'm sold. Um, the other movies I wanted to mention that uh, come out today slash this weekend, Downton Abbey, uh, the film. The king and queen are coming to Downton then. Uh, we're all excited. I just, I just yawned say, so hard. I thought I <laughs> no. no, you're obviously not a fan uh, of this. Well, I just I mean, haven't seen... I don't yeah, think I've literally seen the, the show. of it, but I've... Obviously, I, I know it's... It's... Uh, place in the culture yeah you know a lot of people with good taste like yourself are are into it so (laughs) no it's a it's a really good show i think you would really like it if you watched it um it's it's definitely like a british soap opera in a lot of ways uh period like costume piece there's so much gossip and uh intrigue and uh (laughs) drama that goes on and just long live lady mary crawley is all i'll say um so that's Downton Abbey. I'm excited for it. I'm rewatching the series right now with Natalie, who's watching it for the first time, and she's loving it. Uh, mm. I'm loving the rewatch because I'm kind of like casually popping into episodes, and it's not so like appointment that I have to be sitting there, you know, uh, for every moment of the episode. I can kind of like pop in and out and be on my cell phone, and uh, it makes yeah. for a casual viewing environment, which I like. Um, and the last movie I wanted to talk about that comes out. Uh, technically today slash tomorrow is this film called Loro directed and written by uh, Paolo Sorrentino, who is known for the young Pope uh, created and uh, I believe directed all the episodes of the young Pope, um, the HBO series that we both loved. Um, He also uh, wrote and directed the great beauty, um, which is a beautiful Italian film. If you haven't seen that, you should definitely check it out. Uh, I mean, he's an Italian director uh, this is an, another Italian film, um, and this is a biopic about Silvio Berlusconi, who it was the prime minister of Italy from 2008 to 2011. Uh, one of like at at a time one of the richest and most powerful men in the world. Still like you know a a multi billionaire. Um, he owned the football club AC Milan for like 31 years. Um, lived this like and still lives this insanely lavish and like uh, over the top parties and wealthy lifestyle it looks really interesting um sorrentino's known for these like flashy bright lights uh 
slow motion, like stylized, exaggerated sequences. And the trailer is full of these. So it just gets me super excited. It looks a lot like The Great Beauty. So yeah, check out the trailer for Loro, L-O-R-O, um, and watch The Great Beauty. I was going to sh- quickly point out a fun fact about the director of Loro. So you yeah. mentioned he, he did The Young Pope, and that was literally our first ever topic discussed on must go faster when we were much less seasoned i would say (laughs) yeah i was gonna say i had like a full shaky voice and i was terrible but that was our first topic and we redid that segment like 11 times (laughs) yeah yeah, right i'm pretty sure i i said the words the great beauty and the young pope on our very first segment so yeah good call back there all comes full circle on our 41st episode. <laughs> this so, is not our last episode, I promise. <laughs> right, yeah. It all begins and ends with, yeah. <laughs> uh, with this guy. All right, so yeah, a lot of good stuff coming out, you know, just this past weekend from when we released this, so wanted to hit on those. Let's look ahead for this mega preview. So we're going to go in chronological order here by release date. Yeah. And let's kick things off with one that I predict will be by far... And I'll explain why, but by far the most talked about movie of the year, and that is Joker. (laughs) It's something funny. Stay down, freak! My take that this will be the most talked about film of the year by far, it's not that hot of a take, I don't think, when you consider the combination of Joaquin Phoenix, who plays Joker in this, who's mm-hmm. one of the most prestigious actors of this generation. He gets compared yes, a lot one to of the best, kind of this, in my opinion. Absolutely. Unbelievable, you know, career, over the, particularly over the last, like, 10, 15 years, the choices uh-huh. that he's made. I mean, this guy is, is at kind of like that Daniel Day-Lewis yeah. tier or you know of maybe just being including some right. bad I mean, i'm choices. saying he is daniel R- yeah sure he sure, takes sure, some sure. he but takes some swings you know it's not it's not always uh a double off the wall like he uh he strikes out every now and then but uh he's he's definitely a, a great legendary oh, actor yeah. i would transform so yeah you have phoenix and you have this is joker you may have guessed it telling the story of a character who's probably the single most intriguing and popular of all comic books, including heroes, um, mm. the trailers and, you know, marketing, the posters, the specific tone and visual style they're going for with Joker. Yeah. That's evident so far in the marketing has been, you know, they're putting a lot of thought into it. This clearly has, they're going for a certain like gravitas appeal. This doesn't yeah. look and feel like, you know, obviously Joker, that's part of DC, but it, it, it does not feel like a comic book movie. No, and apparently means. it's super dark and disturbing and twisted and kind of yeah, leaves R-rated. you speechless. Yeah, so I'm, I'm ready to I'm be very speechless. intrigued. Right, and um, and I think go ahead. The online discourse around this movie, like, and there's going to be so much about it on on Twitter, which I, you know, that's not the aspect of the film I'm most looking forward to. But like, you know, around mental illness and mm. isolated like white males, and you know, is this good or bad for America to be, you know, I don't know how much they're going to glorify that or you know sure. what what this could turn into. And then this is just going to make a boatload of money. I mean, this was mm-hmm. going to have. I feel like this is going to have, and it's going to have a huge opening weekend, but it's also going to have a lot of like, 
you have to see Joker, like yeah. word of mouth buzz that carries it all throughout <laughs> October and well past opening weekend. Right. It seems like the best actor nomination is already a, a lock for oh, Phoenix. Yeah. He's and there. if if he wins, I, I feel like I, I didn't do the research on this, but I feel like it would be the first time ever like a fictional character played by two different actors has ever mm. won an Oscar. You have, interesting, of course, yeah, Heath Ledger winning um for the dark knight uh posthumously the the best supporting actor award so this would be best actor so that'd be interesting also that it's it was best supporting for heath ledger Mm -hmm. and this would be best actor yeah i mean i i believe based on just the trailer like he seems like a shoe in and the you know the positive response uh this one the golden lion for best film at the venice film festival um Mm -hmm. had a huge reaction award yeah, the Golden I'm, Lion. I, it's a cool name. Why can't I have a Golden Lion? <laughs> right. Well, I mean, Ben, you gotta you gotta write something. You know, let's uh, let's do it. Yo, uh, yo, no. Twenty twenty screenplay. Watch yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, no, but uh, so it's it's getting a huge buzz, and it's definitely gonna make a lot of money. It comes from you know DC films, um, and I don't think you've mentioned that it's di- written and directed by Todd Phillips, um, co-written yeah. by Todd Phillips and Scott Silver. Um, but, you know, Todd Phillips' career to, up to this point has been, you know, dominated by uh, comedies. You know, he's known for uh, Road Trip um, <laughs> was his first film. You led with he... Road Trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I went in order here. So Road Trip, yeah, yeah. Old School, Starsky and Hutch, The Hangover 1, 2, and 3, Due Date, and then War Dogs, and now this. Uh, uh, there's a few more sprinkled in there, but those yeah. are the highlights. Um, you know, it's an interesting choice. Uh, Scott Silver co-wrote this film and, uh, you know, he, he wrote the fighter and eight mile, which are, you know, very gritty, uh, which kind of fits in with the look of this film. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it's handled. And obviously those are comedies. This is called Joker. It's about a human joker who goes insane and mentally ill, psychopath. So it's like kind of related to comedy the comedy world in that realm be and some dark y- comedy yeah super dark and i don't know i'm just interested to see this turn in todd phillips career and you know he's he's a super rich man at this point with all of like the success of those films and right the dc gave him this chance apparently i heard on on sean fantasy's pod uh the big picture that he said something about uh todd phillips was like so jacked up during making this film that he he talked to like executives at DC and was like, I want to make an offshoot of DC called DC Black, and and like we're gonna uh, put yeah. out dark DC films from here on out. And they were like, uh, just finish this movie and uh, <laughs> yeah, let's see know, how Joker. We'll does see what happens. Talk. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. I, I I hadn't heard that. And you know, this movie, I don't know if we pointed out, it takes place in 1981. The man before he becomes Joker, his name is Arthur Fleck. What a name, mm. Arthur mm-hmm. Fleck. Um, he was, you know, this aspiring comedian, and then he has descent into madness, becomes the Joker. I think the trailers, you know, they've been really well shot and edited. There's definitely some yeah. desert- disturbing visuals in them. I feel, you know, there'll definitely be some just like very shocking moments in this movie. And, right. you know, it's the first Joker has been, you know, portrayed, you know, numerous times on screen, some great performances in there. But this is the first time Joker will be in an R rated movie. Mm. A lot's been made about the comparisons to, you know, classic Scorsese movies like Taxi Driver and The King of Comedy. Right. That comparison is very clear when you, when you, the more you read about this film and, and watch the trailers. And, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm really, really excited. Definitely going to see it opening weekend. The buzz is, 
it, you know, coming out of Venice Film Festival, that it's it's bold, it's risky, it's a hell of a performance by Phoenix. Right. Um, I will say, like, if I have to hear <laughs> the goddamn oh. phrase, this movie will change comic book films forever. Yeah. One more freaking time. Right. I'm going to, like, teleport from Earth. Like, how many times... What does that mean? ...can a genre... Well, it's like, how many times can a genre change forever? Like, I feel like we've... Yeah. That has been uttered, like... 20 on 20 <laughs> occasions over the last yeah. 10 years like I, I would maybe uh, give like you know on two like dark knight avengers for different reasons like probably that maybe mm-hmm. this one does as well but that has become sure. such a tiresome phrase that i think people are just trying to get like a te- dramatic attention on Twitter. well but on that on that note it's it i'm intrigued to th- sort of see how it's handled in terms of the comic book world like is this a comic book movie even you yeah, know i don't think it, it's gonna feel like it it's it's all, the really. Joker character. It's Arthur Fleck. It's it's the person and character that's in those comics and other films. But um, you know the the Wayne family is mentioned. They they are listed in the cast. There's a young Bruce Wayne character. So obviously, like it is in that dimension. Sure. It's created by DC. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know enough about the Joker origin and and the comic stories to know where this fits into like the scope of. Batman right I, I you know I can't really speak to that but I'm just curious if it's sort of considered a comic book film when it's all said and done or is it sort of this other thing sort of on the side that becomes a yeah. new subgenre of comic book films that are these like character studies into one character I could definitely see that I don't know yeah I know it's an interesting thought I definitely could see that happening and yeah, when you consider a guy like Phoenix involved and kind of just the approach and tone they're taking to this film, and if right. it gets, you know, winning, no, you know, comic book movie has won, you know, an award like the Golden Lion at freaking Venice Film Festival for like, right. that alone kind of differentiates itself. Mm. And, and it has we'll a huge, see. I don't know, a huge budget, yeah. 55 million filmed in New York yeah. City, like it's going to look great, it's going to sound great, um, mm. you know, it's going to be... An epic, I'm sure, in a lot of ways. A great cast: De Niro, Shea Wiggum, Brian Tyree Henry. Yeah, Mark no, there's Marin, a great support cast. Zazie Beats. Yeah, Zazie Beats. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So, so yeah, it'll be interesting. We are, yeah, we are very intrigued by Joker. Having said that, I'm, I'm gonna sure, see it. Sure we'll do, <laughs> yeah, we'll do a review about it um, after it comes out. So yeah, let's move on to another film that I think is gonna get a lot of buzz. That comes out one week after Joker on October 11th, and that is. El Camino, oh, yeah. a Breaking Bad movie. You ready? Yeah. So this is going to be released via Netflix. Mm-hmm. will also be available in theaters in a few select U.S. cities that opening weekend. Right. And this is, of course, a sequel to Breaking Bad. It yeah, takes place sequel, to- continuation, extension, alternate yeah. universe, something... It, yeah, sequel. <laughs> you could call, I guess you could call it a sequel. <laughs> Jesse Pinkman's so, there. Takes place directly, like directly after the series finale of Breaking Bad, um, and it has Jesse Pinkman, who is of course played by Aaron Paul. And if you recall that final shot of Jesse, oh yeah, in in the finale of Breaking Bad, of him, you know, breaking free of Jack mm-hmm. and his gang of neo Nazis, driving and away. There's that really like striking last shot we see of him in the car that face of just like emotional release yeah and but also I think, he's yeah, crying you know, in like there's i just rewatched a lot of emotion 
Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's there's just like every. I mean, Jesse Pinkman, Aaron Paul's performance as that character, it's just one of the all time great television characters, along with Walter White, played by Brian Cranston. Like that duo, probably you know, like the most widely yeah, acclaimed. Level. Yeah, it's like Mount Rushmore of characters in television. Um, Duos, right? So it's written directed by Vince Gilligan, and you know. I'll definitely give them the benefit. Sometimes you're kind of skeptical, you know, is this a big cash grab? Like this is coming, you know, so many years after, you know, Breaking Bad, like kind of ended on a perfect note, kind of one of those rare finales that had a very high approval rating across the board. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, Vince Gilligan did a really great job with Better Call Saul, which people were skeptical about. And that's like turned into a very prestigious, uh, beloved show. Mm -hmm. And I don't think he would have taken this opportunity if there wasn't, a very compelling story that he wanted to tell. Like it wasn't just for the, the pile oh, of yeah. money that, that Netflix threw no, him. No, not at all. And I don't think he would I, do it if it, if the script wasn't there. Yeah. And I, I just, I anticipate this much like the show Breaking Bad, just being like a very propulsive, mm. fast paced action thriller. Um, you know, the, the marketing, there's only been, I believe just a short teaser release. That's yeah. all we've seen. And I know Hollywood Reporter just did a huge like cover story that I wanted to read but just haven't had the chance to you know mm. got to carve out like twenty five minutes to read. Yeah, a, I haven't know, read 10, that either. Word. Uh, uh-huh. I'm sure there's a lot of juicy details in there if you want to learn more about you know what what this movie is going to entail. But nice. I feel like Jesse he was like the overall most beloved character on Breaking Bad. Yeah, people still love that show even though I would say it's not in a way as talked about as much as I thought it would be considering like how much of a phenomenon it was when uh-huh. it was airing, particularly that last season. Mm-hmm. Still, obviously, a huge part of, of culture and TV. And oh, the, yeah, you know, the no peak doubt. Era of Golden TV. And it'll be interesting to see, like, I'll just say, um, how much of an impact this will get. Like, you know, Breaking Bad is, is one of the buzziest shows in TV history. Right. In a way, like, I don't know, if it, it all comes down to the execution, but, like, if it's just kind of like, eh, like, I could see this kind of just coming and being in the conversation for about like a week and then just people moving on. Like I'm yeah, thinking maybe. of when the Deadpool or uh, Deadpool Deadwood movie came out earlier this year, that was a, you know, not a breaking bad level, but like a very mm-hmm. prestigious show that had a huge fan base. Right. The movie came out, it wasn't that good. And like, I barely heard like anyone talking about, you know, about yeah. that. So I have a suspicion this happen. will be, yeah. yeah, this will be bigger. And it's interesting that there's only been a teaser um, no like full trailer and and maybe that's just so no shots get spoiled and people yeah. can go into it super fresh netflix is pretty coy about that like the yeah. marketing sometimes where they will do they'll just drop like one trailer a week before i don't know it, it's weird yeah. how they kind of pick and choose what to put marketing support behind it's different with the netflix delivery system like how people just watch it at their house and then maybe they talk to the people they watched it with but maybe since they saw it at home and you know, a, a weekend went by since they watched it. They don't necessarily talk to like coworkers about Netflix films as much. Like you, you didn't go out to the theater and it wasn't as much of an event. And I mean, this gets into like a bigger thing about Netflix and at home viewing, yeah. but uh, yeah, it's just, it'll be a huge thing on like Twitter that weekend, of course, sure. you know, because sure. of just given this is a freaking extension of breaking bad well and i also wanted to mention this youtube video that i i saw the other day um it's this it's sort of a music video um it's this song called enchanted by chloe x holly or haley uh chloe by haley or whatever anyway it's not a trailer for el camino but it's um 
they've edited a sequence of shots from the Breaking Bad series to this song Enchanted. Um, and it's a really good way to recap the entire series. Like I know a lot of people are like rewatching the series right now, or maybe watching like the last couple of seasons. Um, but if you want to like do a quick, like four minute recap over music, um, this, this music video on YouTube, it just does a really good job of, of totally capturing the key moments and elements of like the, the sequence of events that happened in the, the five seasons of Breaking Bad. So yeah, that's nice. enchanted on YouTube. Nice. So El Camino, we are definitely in as well. I mean, all these movies were in to an extent, but that's going to be a big one. And let's talk, go on to our next film, which is coming out same weekend, October 11th. And that is Parasite. Oh, yeah. So I think I feel like indie like film heads, film geeks are just going to like feast themselves on this. And (laughs) it's directed by uh, Junho Bong, who I feel like is... I don't know, I don't want to make a comparison, but like the PTA of Korean directors. Um, right. You know, he's made Snowpiercer, The Host, Okja. He definitely is considered, you know, one of the best directors in the world. And Rob, I have down, like, I feel like, you know, going through all this, these lists of movies, like, I feel like this is in like your top three most anticipated for the rest of the, I just got like a, yeah. a gut feeling that you're like, this is like one of your most anticipated of the year. Is I... that... I think Correct. that's fair to say, yeah. And uh, I loved Snowpiercer. Okja was very cool. This film won the Palme d'Or, Golden Palm at at mm. Cannes this year. Yeah. But yeah, Shoplifters won last year. One of my favorite movies, a Japanese film. Um, so it's it's a huge sign, and and you know, winning the Palme d'Or is like one of the biggest film festival awards oh, in the world. Um, and just the anticipation, the hype, uh, apparently this, this film was at TIFF and like a bunch of people got turned away from the screening. Like so many people wanted to see it. Um, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of talk and buzz about it and it just looks beautiful. Um, it looks really interesting, uh, kind of confusing. Like you're not quite sure what's going on with these characters or who's who in the trailer. Uh, some kind of like haunting shots. Yeah. It's cryptic. Like it doesn't uh, really mysterious much story i have like the log line which is again pretty cryptic but it's like a family like all unemployed takes a peculiar interest in the wealthy and uh, a wealthy and glamorous family that live in their neighborhood yeah. until they get entangled in an unexpected incident so you know oh. a lot of just uh ambiguous terminology there but i feel <laughs> some like of the it's quotes gonna take, are good it's gonna take a lot of unpredictable turns the filmmaking looks you know completely top-notch visually stunning and I'm I'm very excited to to see this and, and yeah. you know find out what it's all about you know me too yeah I mean some of the quotes that are on the trailer that pop up on the screen um, you expect parasite to be one thing but it mutates into something else by mm, vulture like that play just on the words yeah the word mutates is intriguing uh, <laughs> I'm in a must, anything a that must mutates see, <laughs> yeah it says a must see for anyone who loves cinema by awards watch a twisted ride that gets under your skin slash film like. Those are all things that I'm. I'm just. I'm there. Like I'm. I'm into it. I'm sold. Uh, so yeah. yeah, that's Parasite. Um, comes out October 11th. Um, yeah. Should be. Should be a good one. Definitely. So staying in October. October is just going to be a hell. It's just a lot of heavy hitters here. This is coming out the following week, October 18th, and that is the Lighthouse. Oh yeah. How long have we been on this rock? Five weeks. Two days, 
help me to recollect. Directed by Robert Eggers, his follow-up to 2016, The Witch, mm. which I didn't love, but definitely became, you know, is, was one of the most, like, talked about horror films in, in recent memory, and yeah. made a big splash when it came out. And I feel like I've been hearing about this movie, The Lighthouse, like, forever. Like, I feel like for the last, like, two years, and, like, mm-hmm. I've seen those stills, you know, black and white stills of, of Will and right. Defoe and Robert Pattinson who play the two leads. This movie is about... They play the only characters. <laughs> the uh, yeah, two I, le- I'm going to go on a limb. I don't think there's a single... I think you see, like, in the second act, like, one other human, like, no, shows you, up. But then well, like- that very interesting choice of words there, Ben. Uh, you said one other human. There is one other person <laughs> listed on the cast. It is Valeria Caraman, or Caraman, playing yeah. Mermaid. So, okay. so not there's like a half, mermaid half human half yeah okay so literally yeah, Spoiler like two human, yeah. so william defoe robert pattinson they play these two lighthouse keepers um and are on this mysterious england island in the 1890s mm. when you watch this trailer it looks like it was shot in the 1890s so yeah shot in 35 millimeter mm-hmm. black and white an aspect ratio of 119 to 1, so like a, yes. a almost square frame. Yeah. And, you know, Defoe just looks completely, like, insane. It looks like he went crazy, like, while filming this. I know. Like, if you watch these trailers. Yeah. And his face is... I, he, does a, he can do a lot with his face. One of the great, like, facial contortionists of our era. Yes. And, yeah, he looks... <laughs> I was watching his face. like, yeah, he looks like how we we look sometimes waking up after uh, one of our crazy house parties in college. Like, <laughs> yeah, basically look like to come out of the room. Yeah, right, right, like, yeah. yo, we Same going to Sonic? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, shout out to Sonic, man. Yeah. Um, so this is like this movie is going to be like part supernatural. Like, for example, it looks like a you mentioned the mermaid. There's going to be like a giant squid. Yeah. At some point that will make an appearance. It'll also be like. A lot of dark humor uh-huh. and like theatrical horror. It's this is going to be a very this is a very in- intriguing specimen of a movie. Yeah, like, I, well, I'm, I'm very excited to see it. Yeah, I I love your choice of words, specimen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, I don't really know what to say about this movie except that it looks experimental, weird, transporting. You know, like I, I yeah. feel like it's just going to take me to a world where I've never been and with mm-hmm. two really good actors and an interesting filmmaker and beautiful cinematography and production design. Robert Eggers was actually a production designer before he was a writer director. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of credits there. So it's going to, it's going to be a world. It's going to look great. Um, I'm really intrigued by the black and white and the one nineteen to one aspect ratio. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, it's going to be a weird one. This movie, it's already, you know, I feel like for months has already entered the world of like memes on Twitter, just like the reaction faces of like Defoe right. and Pattinson's characters to kind of, you know, represent like, you know, the dark world that we live in t- today. Yeah. And like it, this movie, it, like I, I wrote down, like it feels like a, like watching the trailer, like a dusty old, like paperback <laughs> novel that you would, yeah. like dust off, like, yeah. like you brought, and then and you can find like at a beach house or something. Yeah. And, and it there's just, like a name in the corner of the, the title page. It's like, Sam Weatherington. <laughs> right. Like one hundred percent. So yeah, I, I don't know. It's exactly. We're on the same page here. So <laughs> the lighthouse, 
again, yeah, another uh, you know movie we're super intrigued about that's coming out in October. Yeah. And let's A24, by the way, an A24 just killing it with the interesting independent features. Mm -hmm. So our next movie is Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Another original, (laughs) original movie, it seems like. So this is directed by Taika Waititi, um, did What We Did in the Shadows, uh, Thor Ragnarok, he, you know, which was a huge smash hit. I know Uh, you were a huge fan of that film. Hunt for the Wilder People. He really excels... Yeah, he really excels in like a certain, a very specific brand of like dry humor. And yeah. this movie, it won the People's Choice Awards at TIFF, the Toronto Film Festival, which is a really big deal. Apparently, like automatically puts this movie in like the conversation for potential Best Picture nominees. Right. Um, you know, some past winners of this award were Green Book, ugh, you know. Book, but whatever. <laughs> Green Book won it. Um, three billboards uh, outside Ebbing, Missouri. The one that you're not before, selling me. La La Land. Twelve Years a Slave. Oh well, those right, those yeah. two are great. Yeah, I know. Twelve Years. I mean, is is a massive. But that's kind of the point being, all movies. those movies had a lot of activity, you know, in the Oscars. Yeah. And this one, it's it's a controversial storyline and tone. It's an um, interesting choice. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty surprised yeah. that it won this award. Yeah, I mean it's. So the the story is, yeah, a young boy in Hitler's army finds out his mother is hiding a Jewish girl in their home. I think, you know, it really comes down to the execution and kind of balancing act of like how he's able to, to handle that kind of material. A very comedic Hitler played by the director. Yes. Watiti himself. Yeah. Kind of jarring to see just like Hitler, you know, just freaking Hitler in a movie with this kind of tone, I will say. Right. It, it kind of has you know a visual style and kind of tempo to it that reminded me of like wes anderson Mm -hmm. and i think this movie it will be you know quite polarizing given the subject matter but i'm definitely interested in you know what what this thing's gonna be like and and, you know really how it's gonna infiltrate you know the the oscars as we you know get towards the end of the year i'm definitely gonna see it um it looks funny and stylized and you know, you mentioned Taika Waititi's sort of uh, comedic flair and the way he shoots stuff, and um, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be fun, I imagine, and and funny. So uh, Michael mm-hmm. Giacchino, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. One yeah, of we'll the, go with it. We'll go with that. Yeah, one of the great composers uh, of our time. Um, he did the score. Um, he's he did a lot of the the recent uh, Pixar films. Won an Oscar for Up. J.J. Abrams' work is also uh, he he does Star Trek and Lost and among others. So yeah, that mm-hmm. it's gonna have a great score. Um, I'm sure that'll be a huge element with like the slow motion stylized sequences. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean Jojo Rabbit, it's uh, kind of kind of mysterious. Like I don't X know. Fa- it's like an X factor. I feel yeah. Like in you know, especially since it won this People's Choice Award at TIFF. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know what to make of it. I don't I don't know what to expect, we're really. Per, we're perplexed by Jojo Rabbit. I don't yeah. know. It's, it's, it's quite perplexing. But we, you know... It looks good. ...have it on our list, and we will be checking it out. So that covers our October slate. Let's move into November. November 1st, we got Waves yeah. coming out. So this is written and directed by Trey Edward Schultz. Mm-hmm. It's his follow-up to It Comes at Night, which mm-hmm. was a horror film that I quite enjoyed. Remember seeing it in theaters. This movie is not, um, you know, not of the I don't horror remember genre. if I saw that. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 solid, you know, yeah, not not my own, but definitely a solid horror film. Okay. And it's a story, it focuses on this, you know, African American family and particularly like two young couples growing up through like an emotional minefield. And mm-hmm. this is gonna be like a I feel like a serious, like heavy drama that you just wanna like sink yourself into on a yeah. cold November afternoon. Wow. Which we're wow. into. <laughs> Did I just read an article? And <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm basically just reading the word for it. It's good. So it's, I expect a lot of, you know, emotional outburst, like moonlight level emotional yeah, yeah. outbursts in a I way. I mean, some of the shots in the trailer look very strikingly similar to moonlight and, yeah, you know, like the dark, ocean sequence. Sure. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be in that, be in that same sort of emo- emotional spectrum and very deep, uh, human drama elements and you know sterling k brown playing it looks like the you know the patriarch character uh it's yeah it looks very emotional and gripping yeah sterling k brown he's a phenomenal actor i feel like he just he really you know as they say holds the screen like you know he kind of commands attention and yeah i think with this kind of material like he you know this is like completely in his wheelhouse so I'm, um, and again, yeah, this I think will be, you know, uh, in the Oscar conversation, you know, yeah. we'll see to what extent, but another A24 release. Mm. Yeah. Waves coming out on November 1st. Also coming out on November 1st is Motherless Brooklyn. Yeah. Which is like an Ed Norton passion project. I know. He's, Apparently he's I been working he's on it for like a decade. <laughs> yeah. He wrote and directed I mean, cause he it. Hasn't really, stars. I mean, I miss... You know, I, I miss Ed Norton. Like, I kind of need him in my life. I feel like he's I know. been MIA, like, this whole decade, I guess, trying to make motherless Brooklyn happen. I mean, but, I guess, yeah. One of the great actors of, like, the late 90s, early 2000s. Definitely one of my favorites for a long stretch. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he was in Birdman, um, some other stuff Yeah, that was recently. the last time I remember him being in something that, like, really mattered. And I think um, I saw this trailer before seeing it too it too is freaking awful by the way oh <laughs> i it too uh, sucks um so anyway that, i'll take your not, word for not, it we're not talking about that <laughs> yeah, you want you know it. three hour yeah just uh, anyway let's move on so and i really liked it it one we reviewed it on this pod but yeah it too is is, is is quite bad so i'm into this i it's i i don't have uh, on the top of my head like this story it, it, i believe Ed Norton, he's portraying, um, you know, a real life figure who has what he, he has like Tourette's or like severe. Yeah, he has Tourette kind of syndrome. These, yeah, behavior. Right. Right. And it's, you know, in the trailer, he's going for the performance. Oh, um, yeah. And it's he seems very, you know, committed to it. Mm-hmm. And it'll. Yeah, I don't think this is like, you know, this isn't like a top five most interesting list. But I think right. having Ed Norton back in the fold and you know, is something to pay attention to. And, yeah, you know, it seems like it could be in the, you know, Oscar conversation as well. It has a great cast. Bruce Willis, Alec Baldwin, Leslie Mann, yeah, Bruce Willis. Willem Dafoe, Michael K. Williams, Bobby Cannavale, uh, obviously Edward Norton playing the lead and, you know, directed it. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to shout this out. Don't have a lot to say about it, but um, we both really love Edward Norton and we're excited to see this next sort of, chapter of his career i believe it is the first uh feature film he's directed also so mm. um that's yeah that's something cool i pulled up the uh the good old imdb but it's, yeah. it's set against 
in the backdrop of 1950s New York, and Edward Norton plays a guy, Lionel Esfrog, who is this private detective affiliated with, yeah, as we said, Tourette's Syndrome, and he kind of ventures to solve uh, the murder of his mentor and only friend, uh, this guy, Frank Minna, who is played by Bruce Willis. So okay. that is Motherless Brooklyn, comes out November 1st. And oh, he also directed on. Keeping the Faith in 2000, which I haven't seen. So it's his second feature film. So a week later, this is a movie that I don't think will be in the Oscar conversation, but we definitely wanted to hit on given what it's a part of, and that is Dr. Sleep. Oh, yeah. So it's dropping November 8th. I am surprised, actually, that this is not coming out. Like, didn't slate it into, like, mid-October to kind of capitalize I know, that... on, you know, the Halloween buzz. Yeah, why not? Why not, like, October, what, or November 1st even would be... Well, I yeah, guess, like, I don't know. I mean, I don't, there's a lot of factors 8th, yeah. with release dates. So, but. yeah, we should say that this is a, a sequel to The Shining based off of a Stephen King novel. Mm-hmm. The Shining is literally my favorite horror movie of all time in my mm. top 10 films ever made. Yeah, probably I myself I will never as well. forget you showed me at sophomore year of college. Oh, really? Think, well, probably one of the first films that we... Um, we watched together and, you know, you picked it out of your, your massive dual binder of DVDs. (laughs) (laughs) I remember seeing the shining and like thinking about it for many days afterwards. Man, that's awesome. Um, I'm I'm glad we watched it together for, it wasn't my first time, but I'm glad you're like, yeah, it was like my 80th time. I think I had forgotten (laughs) that you saw it for the first time that, that dude, I mean, there were so many. I mean, yeah, you know, we know the, yeah, you turned me on to, to a lot then for sure. So it's directed by Mike Flanagan who did, Last year's Netflix horror series, The Haunting of Hill House, mm. which was, you know, very acclaimed and popular. We also directed yeah. Hush, which I really uh-huh. dug. I like that uh, a lot, really, too. Yeah. Yeah. Re- really clever. So, like, yeah, I mean, that's having like a his cupcake name attached... of a horror film. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I think it's yeah. like 80 minutes long. It's basically oh. an episode of TV, but it's it's really intriguing, like a really good concept. Check out Hush yeah. on Netflix. Yeah, Hush is yeah, a good one as we yeah, enter October and for, for a good horror movie. Yeah. And I could... I don't know. Watching the trailers, like I could kind of see this. It wouldn't. It wouldn't stun me if this is just like kind of bad. Like it's right. I, I feel like it might not like dig deep enough, and it kind of feels like sedated in in mm. in the trailer. Like kind of muted. Just doesn't really like go all the way. Obviously, like you know, I mean, you can't compare anything to The Shining, and The Shining is one of the most like yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, God, it's it's not like, going to be the it's God not going to be that good. And had, yeah, you know sees you know one of the strongest directorial visions of you know in right. art history you know um yeah. but it stars um, about the apollo Rebecca 11 Fr- moon landing <laughs> yeah yeah right. <laughs> i'm just kidding um yeah, yeah am i am that. i kidding so, then <laughs> so stars rebecca ferguson who i really like who's awesome she yeah. you know most recently in you know the mission impossible films uh ewan mcgregor plays danny you know, the, the, uh, the young, yeah. Yeah, Dan no, Torrance. I think they, they listed him as Dan Torrance, which Dan. I don't know. I don't know if I can Dan call him now. Dan Torrance. That just doesn't Well, I guess if you're an tongue. adult, you yeah. want to like shorten it to Dan. Right. I don't know, but he's still, you know, Danny he's Torrance. Danny to me wearing blue, that Apollo 11 sweater. sweater. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. But we'll see. I mean, I think my interest ga- gauge for this is at least somewhat full because it's a sequel to The Shining, and 
I'm, you know, I'm curious, like if, you know, if this comes out and it's like, you know, a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes, like probably save my money and, and watch it on, on demand later. But, right. you know, we'll, we'll see. Like I'm at least, it's at least on my radar because this is a, a freaking sequel to The Shining, you know, yeah. such an iconic film, you know. I mean, this was, this, it may turn out to be one of the films that I don't see of these. You know, we talked about this before we started recording. It's possible I don't actually make it to the theater for all of these films that we're talking about, but I, I hopefully will. Uh, this one, if if the critical reaction and audience reaction is not so uh, so good, I, I, I could see it being one that I'd maybe check out on, on demand or Blu-ray rental or whatever. So or perhaps yeah, we'll never. see. I, I'm hopeful, <laughs> you know, I'm hopeful that Stephen King's uh, work is adapted in a way. And, you know, it is based on another book. Um, so it's not just like a continuation all from, you know, just sort of pulled out of thin air. Like there is a subject material for it. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued and I, I hope that it's good. Definitely. So that's Dr. Sleep. Also coming out the same weekend is Honey Boy, which is the story of Shia LaBeouf's life. I I, I believe right, right, growing up. Yes. Um, you know, as an aspiring actor, Shia LaBeouf stars in this. He's playing his dad. Yes, correct. He's yes, this he's playing like, his father. Sorry, I'm just uh pulling it up here on IMDb. Uh, Lucas yeah. Hedges uh, is in oh, the yeah, film as well. There's a young uh, actor, Noah Jupe, who I believe plays young Shia. Um, and then Lucas plays like adolescent Shia, I think. Um, I don't know. I'm Shia LaBeouf directed this film and wrote it. Um, I'm intrigued by it. You know, Shia's always lurking in the shadows. Uh, actual cannibal, you know. Um, so <laughs> I'm just intrigued by Honey Boy. I, I've always been a really big Shia LaBeouf Shia fan. Head. As yeah. an actor, like I just you're yeah you're you're all in on Shia. You 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 love that man. I do, and I I just want to make a quick correction here. Uh, it's direct. This film is directed by Alma Harrell, not not Shia. He Shia LaBeouf just wrote it. Um, so yeah, yeah it's and stars, directed yeah. by someone else, right? Um, yeah. So, but that gets us to I wanted to do a quick mention of um, the film Peanut Butter Falcon or the Peanut Butter Falcon that came out um, a few weeks ago. And I just recently saw it um, at a theater with Natalie, um, star Shia LaBeouf, and um, oh, who is, what is her name? Dakota Johnson, and this new actor uh, introducing Zach Gotsigan. Um, he has uh, Down syndrome, um, the actor and the character in the film. And, you know, it's, it's about sort of this coming of age story, uh, this character, uh, who plays his his self-titled name, Zach, uh, also the Peanut Butter Falcon. Um, it's just sort of about his journey to um, escape sort of like state-run um, living. Uh, he, he lives at this retirement community, and he wants to break out and become a wrestler. And he meets Shia LaBeouf along the way. Uh, Dakota Johnson is sort of his caretaker. It's a really beautiful story. Uh sad at times, really funny, um, lighthearted, uh, but also like about really deep, impactful, like meaningful subject matter. And, um, not a lot of people have seen it. I don't think, uh, it's not doing that well in theaters in terms of the box office. Um, but it's, it's, you know, has really great critical and audience scores and, uh, I really liked it. Natalie loved it. Um, 
so yeah, that's the peanut butter Falcon. I think people should check that out. If you can, if you can find it at a theater nearby, it's, it's worth going to the theater for. Nice. Nice. Uh, Shia, Shia tangent. So yeah, let's go on to our next movie. I'm revving up my engine, Rob, for mm. Ford versus Ferrari. Suppose Henry Ford II wanted to win the 24 hours of Le Mans. What's it take? Well, it takes something money can't buy. Money can buy speed. What in about speed? We need a pure racer behind the wheel of your car. That's Ken Miles. I don't trust him an inch. No, no, Ken's a puppy dog. No, whatever it is, Shell, no. Trust me. This is coming out November 15th, directed by James Mangold, who I, I feel like is just like a super reliable director. He yeah. did Logan, which I loved. He's directed Walk the Line, 310 to Yuma. Mm. I think like the guy doesn't make I that I loved movie. that movie. Yeah, I remember seeing 310 to Yuma in, in college with you at the, yeah. the Christiansburg Theater, if that's still yeah, standing. Yeah, I hope so. So this stars Christian Bale and Matt Damon. Bale excellent as always transformative matt damon it seems like he's you know playing you know a less like a a role that's not like a bail type role but yeah you know something where he's putting on his movie star charm and i'm yeah i'm i'm just like very stoked for this movie i think it feels like a kind of bread and butter like just good old-fashioned like time at the movie theater it's supposed to be a very loud experience sure. which right. you know a lot given of, uh a lot of torque given the storyline <laughs> so this was um ford versus ferrari it's about you know this american car designer uh carol shelby and driver ken miles who is played by christian bale um they basically take on uh this challenge to build this revolutionary race car for ford and challenge the ferrari um at the 24 hours of uh Le Mans in 1966 hope that's how you pronounce uh the race okay. i'm not a huge uh race car head need to get right. we should have gotten flynn <laughs> flynn on this pod yeah yeah oh man he would be run. he would be clowning us right now <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a abomination the man's in 1966 yeah uh anyway that's our friend flynn um so shout out to flynn this yeah i mean i i'm you know i don't have too much to say about this i, I think like it's just going to be, you know, super solid. Yeah. I will say that the first trailer that came out, just freaking retire Gimme Shelter already. Like, they use Gimme Shelter oh, in the second I half. Know. And, it's like, God, like, yo, it worked great in Goodfellas. Like, it's worked <laughs> right. great before. It's a Rolling Stone classic. But, Jesus, like, find something. Just do, you know, you don't need to use Gimme Shelter. For every, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I just feel like that that should just be retired right. from, from movie trailers. But Good point. I am... Very excited for this. I think this will be a great in the theater experience. Yeah, given the storyline, I mean, you'll notice that I haven't really said anything yet. I I don't I don't have a lot of like feeling toward this film. I I'm not a big car person. Um, but I hope it's an interesting like biopic where I kind of learn about these two people, and yeah. I'm sure it'll be well shot and action packed. James Mangold like. Uh, there will be really interesting camera placements and it'll be mm-hmm. in your face and gritty and loud. So uh, it'll be a fun theater experience, I'm sure. So let's go on to our next movie, which is Ryan Johnson's Knives Out. Yes. Which Murder mystery. His, uh, yes. The who, a good old fashioned whodunit. I'm all in. Are you baiting me, detective? Attempting to be thorough so we can figure out the manner of death. You mean if someone killed him? Ah! 
You think one of us, one of his family, Walt, Walt. killed him? Mr. Blanc, I just buried my father who committed suicide. Why are you here? I suspect foul play. I have eliminated no suspects. Ryan Johnson, such a good writer. And direct. Is he? Did he write at this movie as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah, wrote yeah. and directed. So yeah, he's a he, great writer and director. This is his first, uh, you know, his first film since uh, The Last Jedi, mm. which, um, you know, Heard was of it. quite a thing. And it, this movie, I feel like it's one of the most, like, pure fun movies on this list. I feel like, yeah. you know, comparing to Ford vs. Ferrari, like, I think, again, this will be just, like, a really, like, fun time at the theater. Right. The cast and is incredible. It's so stacked. I was going to say, like, this is the most stacked cast out of... Do you want to read some movies. names? All right. Chris Evans, Tony Collette, Daniel Craig, Jamie Lee Curtis, Catherine Langford, Michael Shannon, Christopher Plummer, Lakeith Stanfield. I mean, that's... <laughs> that's a joke. That's like yeah. five movies, uh, you know. I mean, clearly, star power of, clearly yeah. actors want to work with Ryan Johnson, like, you know... Yeah. Or the script is supposed to be like, yeah. An actor reads it and is like, "I want this part. I, I need it." Yeah. Um. So, yeah, the trailer is super well cut. You know, a lot of really quick edits, and I think like, I'm just stoked to have it. You know, it's going to be you know original story. It's mid budget. There's tons of recognizable faces. I just see it being like a twisty, turny, good like romp of a time. And yeah, it almost out, it almost looks like Clue. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the, yeah. The parallels there for sure. And it comes out that Saturday after Thanksgiving, November twenty seventh. So uh-huh. like, I think you know that's always a huge weekend for the box office, and people are yeah. home for Thanksgiving with their families, and are like, oh yeah, we're like stuff. Like, let's go to a movie. So I think, yeah. hopefully, you know, this is one that a lot of people select because it's you know it's it you want to support these kind of original stories and Definitely. you know make sure they're still being you know made in, in you know this era of ip and marvel yeah. and things like that so yeah i am definitely excited for knives out me too and um i just love a mystery film like in yeah. the in all of the classic senses and uh i think this is gonna tick a lot of those boxes and just be like you know twisty as you said and uh have some some really great performances it looks like so I've- yeah yeah, I feel like this movie. You're you're a pretty big board game guy. I am not, yeah. but I feel like okay. this like appeals to like the board game heads out yeah. there. Yeah, just some, it's like, like a strategy play. thing. It's uh, right. Yeah. It has like that intrigue of uh, you know, like the plot development and the whodunit nature and finding out things in some sort of like manipulated uh, timeline. And it's yeah, so it's it's gonna be. I'm sure just like really engaging and uh, a fun event at the movie theater, it looks like. So yeah, definitely excited for Knives Out. And just real quick while we're on the subject of Ryan Johnson, um, I just wanted to mention getting back to like the Breaking Bad world um, that he directed three total episodes of Breaking Bad, but two of my favorites and probably the most renowned, um, The Fly and Ozymandias which is, you know, widely considered maybe the best episode of Breaking Bad. Um, so Ryan Johnson and Breaking Bad, those those worlds collide a little bit there. Um, so I just wanted to mention that real quick. All right. So this next one is, is a thing. <laughs> so <laughs> let's talk about the oh. Irishman, which <laughs> I was like, um, I had to pull up my notes. I was like, what is it? What's the next right, one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Marriage story? No, it's the, the Irishman. Hello? 
Hey, my friend. I got that kid I was talking to you about here. I'm gonna put him on the phone and let you talk to him, okay? Hello? Is that Frank? Yes. Hiya, Frank. This is Jimmy Hoffa. This movie, yeah, kind of like I was saying about The Lighthouse, like I feel like we've been hearing about this movie for like years, and mm -hmm. this is a return to, you know, one of the the great directors in cinema history, Martin Scorsese, yeah. uh, his yeah. sweet spot. Like, it's his first, like, crime gangster movie he's done since 2006, The Departed, which he won right. Best Picture for. Uh -huh. It's based off the 2004 memoir, I Heard You Paint Houses, by Charles Brandt. The mm. screenplay is written by Steven Zalian, um, mm. you know, who's done a lot of great work in his career. And the screenplay's movie, been out there for quite a while. Like, a lot of people yeah. have read this screenplay already. Um, so that's kind of an interesting way to go into a film in terms of, mm -hmm. like, the mass audience. But anyway, I have not read the screenplay. It's going to be pretty <laughs> fresh to me. Yeah, God, that take, a, you know, months to read that. So this movie, <laughs> having said that, yeah, is a good segue, is three hours and 30 minutes long. Yes. That is a long runtime. That's, I was thinking like, that's like both seasons of the show Fleabag, basically. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's Scorsese. Like I, I love him. You know, <laughs> top five director ever for me. Right. You know, you, you could say like a lot of his movies are, you know, maybe a, a little too long at times, even though, mm. you know, he's, he's, you know, made as many masterpieces as, as anyone, but right. it's look, this movie, it's Scorsese. It's De Niro. It's Joe Pesci. The last oh, yeah. time all three of those were involved was Casino and Mother Effing Goodfellas. Goodfellas. Yeah. And, wait for it, they added Al Pacino. Ooh. Who I don't think has... Has he been in a, a Scorsese film before? Pacino? Ooh, great question. I don't think he um, has. I, I, feel like it's, I, I feel like it's one of those things where don't he should be, so. you know... But yeah. like I, I thought I read that they haven't. We can no that I don't think so. Check that later. I, I may be missing something. I'm thinking like the yeah. Age of Innocence or no, but uh, I, I really don't mm -hmm. think so. Yeah, good point. I and I God, I, I love Joe Pesci. Like you know, he's obviously you know, uh, kind of in retirement. Like he doesn't really pop out for much. But right. it's going to be great seeing him in a film. This is performing uh, premiering at the New York Film Festival, mm. um, and. You know, a lot of money was spent kind of famously on the digital re-aging technology of, like, their faces. Yeah. You know, and it'll be interesting to see how that, you know, I imagine it'll it'll come off pretty seamless. But, mm -hmm. yeah, I think... Yeah, it'll be interesting. Know, I hope it's... I mean, it it's going to be done well, I'm sure. Like, the, the technology is there, but, you know, it's De Niro, so it's kind of strange to see. <laughs> I don't know. I guess, like... I want to see 35-year-old De Niro. Yeah, I me too. It. Man, The Godfather Part 2, young young uh Don Corleone like Jesus. let's go. <laughs> Man, I need to need to I need to I've take been, a bath. Just, just you <laughs> the, the, just you uttering the words Godfather Part 2 has me like steamed up. So, <laughs> yeah. this comes out the same day as Knives Out. I want to say I want to correct actually November 27th, it's not the Saturday after Thanksgiving, but the the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, so the day oh, before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so this I is think like this a will be prime Thanksgiving viewing after football. Definitely. And you know, it's coming I I wish I had like I don't. Know, I think they're maybe doing like a two-week theatrical run, and then it comes out on Netflix. Or maybe confusing. That I think with that's. Them. I know right. it's definitely getting. Because I know Marriage Story, which we're going to talk about too, like has a similar kind of. Um, Wait, does that uh, mean it, is is the the twenty seventh is that the Netflix date or is that the when it starts its theatrical run? That's a 
really yeah. important question, I guess. Not I sure. To, yeah, we need to we need to look that up. But yeah. I think this you know this movie will definitely be like a talking point with oh yeah the family. I mean you know not like you know every household in America, but like people that are you know in, in, into movies. You know fans of Scorsese and like yeah just returning to that sweet spot. Like you know, the trailer trailer is 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 good like not mind blowing, but you know it was right. very serviceable and that's kind of all we we we've seen from this and yeah I mean like. I'm just I'm super excited for a new Scorsese movie, especially one in this in this genre again. So yeah, and I mean, yeah. Martin Scorsese is a you know one of the most decorated directors. Well, I don't know, decorated. He yeah. finally won a Best Picture for The Departed, but uh, you know one of the most acclaimed no, and well-known American filmmakers of all time. Um, he is 77 years old. He probably directed this when he was 76. Uh, it, so he's an older man directing a movie um, at 76 years old. i know i mean especially like something so epic it seems and yeah. you know it takes so much energy and i'm sure he has a ton of people helping him and uh you know like he's still a brilliant man and i'm just curious to see like how how it holds up to casino and goodfellas because that's like the obvious comparison right it's uh sure, sure. it's kind of those this is it feels almost like a trilogy in a lot of ways um We'll see right. how how it plays out, but um, yeah, it's a I'm nice just, um, eleven hour block. Of, <laughs> oh man, uh, Goodfellas, Casino, Irish. All oh, those man. movies are on a lot of guys like getting killed. <laughs> yeah, a lot. Yeah, a lot of length, a lot of Rolling yeah. Stones, a lot, a lot of, of cocaine <laughs> right on, on screen, and uh, whole yeah, lot a whole lot of coke, a lot of gangster gangster murders. So yeah, yeah, we're we're definitely super excited about Irishman. I'm sure we'll be talking about this pod after its release, but that comes out November 27th, and. All right, so we have we're gonna go into December now. Have a few more films we want to hit on. Yeah, this next one we actually talked about on our last spot, actually, but uh-huh. we wanted to bring it up again because I think this one will be definitely you know nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, it's gonna be in the nominated. conversation for a lot of things. I think definitely. So this is Marriage Story, and it's written directed by Noah Baumbach. I feel like a story about family divorce is just like very <laughs> in his wheelhouse. This premiere as a child at- of divorce, I'm intrigued. Yeah, I was gonna say, Rob. Yeah, you, you know, you, can, you, you know, you, I feel like you have, uh, you know, more authority than, than most. To, I mean, to, to speak on this. And, yeah, it's not um, like a unique story. Mine of, of right. child, uh, you know, childhood divorce. It's uh, pretty common yeah. in the United States and around the world. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's like you put it up there with like Kramer versus Kramer as like yep. the all-time divorce films. Um, hopefully, it it seems to be getting that sort of buzz and acclaim, and you know, it's something that not a lot of movies have been made about, but it's a story subject matter that touches a lot of people's lives. And, um, you know, I think is, has like a deep seated human emotional connection with a lot of people. And, um, so yeah, I'm the cast of this film is incredible. Um, the trailer is really great that we talked about on the last episode. Um, you know, it's set in New yeah. York. It looks it looks to be beautiful and heartbreaking. I'm sure it will be a, a tearjerker at times. And you know, yeah, yeah, it definitely is is ticking a lot of boxes for me and something that I'll I'll love to see in the theater. I'm sure. Yeah, the two leads. I don't think we we actually mentioned them yet, but Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver. They both look outstanding in the trailers. They got rave reviews at you know uh, Venice Film Festival where it premiered. It seems like they're both 
especially Adam Driver is a lock for a best actor nom. Yeah. He's really emerged as like, you know, one of the, you know, best actors of, of the decade. And, and, you know, he's st- still like so young, like it's, it's going to be awesome to see his, you know, the rest of his career unfold. And I agree. Marriage Story is out December 6th. It will also have kind of this quasi Netflix release. Um, uh-huh. So I think that's one you can probably, you know, watch on the, like, it's not one you need. To, it's not like, you know, freaking, uh, you know, Joker, which is like more of an right. experience on the big screen or four versus big Friday. budget, this is loud action film. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is made for okay. the couch. This is made it's okay for to like watch this a, on a 30 inch TV screen, you know? Yeah. Like go out to your local uh, supermarket, Trader Joe's, whatever, and just cop a big bag of like barbecue chips and <laughs> oh, wow. just saddle up to the couch, you know, get a blankie. This is, uh, <laughs> this is a on the couch with a glass of wine and a bag of chips type film for me. Barbecue chips and, and red wine. That's, that's an interesting combo, but uh, I mean, anyway. they don't have to be on top of each other, but you know, space it out a little bit, get, get a sandwich in there, whatever, what have you Uh bowl yeah. of pasta, maybe. Well, all right. Full, full on meal. All right. So marriage story. We are excited for that. All right. Let's, this next one, it's, 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 it's a heavy hitter. And that is star Wars. <laughs> Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker. This is coming out December 20th. This is the final chapter of, like, the Skywalker saga, which spans nine films, you know, started with A New Hope in the mid-70s. You had the, you know, original trilogy. Can this just be the last one, period? (laughs) It is not. Obviously, it won't be, but, Um, man. But it will will end this, this, uh... This saga and like, you know, this Ray Kylo Ren chapter that started, you know, with Force Awakens and then Last yeah. Jedi. And then this is being capped off with the Rise of Skywalker. I will just say, you know, and we'll, I'm sure, you know, be talking about this movie more when it gets closer to the date. But like The Last Jedi, which I really dug, it, it, it wasn't, you know, perfect, but I really admired how it, it broke through new ground and really like thrusted the franchise forward. And I just hope, you know, J.J. Abrams, who's like super competent. And, you know, he, he did for, you know, Force Awakens, which I, right. I really enjoyed, but that was essentially r- really a carbon copy of a new home mm-hmm. and just swapping in like new, like more diverse characters. Uh-huh. And I just hope like JJ takes, takes some risks and I hope it's so not, too. he doesn't, he doesn't like retract the progress that was made in the last Jedi. Right. So that's kind of like my main takeaway at the moment. There's been a trailer that came out a few months ago. The trailer is, is, is good, you know um the emperor is back which is probably like the biggest talking point yeah um you know so yeah i mean it's 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 gonna be a big deal i do wonder if it's gonna get like the oscar treatment that you know return of the king did lord of the rings which wasn't the i know you're a huge lord of the rings guy but oh yeah not the hobby i don't know we'll, we'll we'll yeah we'll we'll <laughs> see how we'll see how that goes yeah and um, personally i'm i'm always forever gonna be a fan of dan mandel the cinematographer i already was um but he was the ucla uh cinematographer in residence this year which means he came and spoke to our class um five or six times i guess and you know i've i've met the man and worked alongside him on some like practice shoots in our classes and uh you know he shot he shot most of the jj abrams films over the past decade plus and uh he's a great great guy and uh you know i learned a lot from him just just sort of picking his brain and listening to him talk to us and seeing him work and like he in our in our soundstage he created some lens flares like it was just really cool to watch like this 
really well-known, highly acclaimed cinematographer work and got to spend some time with him. So that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want, yeah, JJ, like take some risks. Like let's, let's, you know, kind of, I know he's not going to do the total against the grain approach that Ryan Johnson did. And, you know, a lot of, you know, star Wars, uh, nerds were angry at him. Hmm. I really, I really dug the ambition that he had with it. Me too. Um, Kylo Ren is, I think that's a great villain. You know, Adam driver, we just talked about marriage story. Like this is going to be like a hell of a December for him of like yeah. two like indie film about divorce and freaking end of star Wars saga. Like right. talk about freaking range of like the types of movies you're in. So that's on. awesome. All right, let's, we have just, I think three more films we want to hit on yeah. that all come out, I believe on Christmas day. Yes. So this is a Christmas day bash here. Bonanza. This is how I'll spend my Christmas morning. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Family now. Um, so it, start with uncut gems which i think it it goes wide on christmas day comes out you know a few weeks earlier and you know new Mm. york la i'll probably see it before um, is is the crime thriller from the sadfee brothers Mm. there's no trailer out from this there's not even a poster like literally the imdb profile photo is just a still of like adam sandler adam sandler leather jacket but yeah the star is adam sandler who i feel puts out like a great performance every seven years yeah i mean like this will be you know you have to say he's become and is a really decorated like dramatic actor and along with his obviously like comedic performances but he he is a really good dramatic actor yeah he can pull he can pull that off we've seen it in punch drunk love saw it and you know funny people and yeah this is not you know i'm sure this movie will have some comedic elements but we'll be pretty gritty this movie, it, you know, the Sadfi brothers, they did Good Time, which that, you know, that was a big critical darling, you know, I really like that. Ago. Yeah. Yeah. I know that. I believe that was, yeah, that was in your top 10. I liked it. I didn't love it. It was, it's very brash. And I think, you know, that's kind of the, the style of the, of the Sadfi brothers. And I'm intrigued by this, this, this storyline about like, I believe uh, Adam Sandler, he plays uh, this jeweler who gets caught up, you know, uh, in some kind of like burglary, um, efforts mm-hmm. this movie stars kevin garnett the nba yeah Hall i've of heard Famer. his performance is really great and yeah he was supposed yeah he's supposedly awesome and he plays himself also stars the the weekend pop star the oh weekend, that's right who, yeah who also plays himself yeah pretty cool to like utilize stars like that and mm-hmm. them play themselves and apparently the performances are really good so I'm interested in that. I'm starting the Kevin Garnett Best Supporting Actor campaign <laughs> for the Oscars. Where do I sign? <laughs> Anything is possible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that'd be yeah. Imagine the Kevin Garnett acceptance. <laughs> that speech would be at, incredible. Uh, yeah. And yeah, like I, I, I'm intrigued by this. It's you know it got the the festival run recently, and that is um, Uncut Gems coming out. Two others we wanted to hit on. 1917, 1917, which is a one-take war film. That's the elevator pitch. Like, okay, I'm in. I'm in on a one-take war film. What do you mean, one-take? Like Birdman, you know. Oh, I see. So it's like, I'm sure, you know, stitched together with, you know. It's stitched in a way that makes it feel like it's it's all hidden edits. Okay, cool. I'm into that. I didn't know that. Yeah, you would just say you you literally just watched this trailer right before we uh, yes <laughs> for the first so time. You're, you're, 1970, you're still still wrapping your head around Sam Mendes 
great filmmaker. Dude, Sam Mendes, yeah. I feel like overall is underrated, man. I still love American Beauty, even though that has a complicated legacy now, especially with you know Kevin Spacey being right. you know it turns out he's a you know a piece of shit. So yeah, um, to say the least. You know he did. You know, he, I forgot Sam Mendes directed Skyfall, which is I know. one of the best Bond films by far. Yeah, Inspector, Revolutionary awesome Road, Jarhead, yeah, Jarhead, which, you know, this yeah. is a war film, so Jarhead obviously has some uh, some connections there. And this is a World War One film, uh, mm-hmm. looks pretty gritty and authentic. You know, Richard Madden, Benedict Cumberbatch, Colin Firth, Mark Strong, um, yeah, it looks really good. Uh, I was I was intrigued by the trailer, and I yeah, definitely... The trailer- really like sam mendez as a as a filmmaker yeah the trailer definitely draws you in the story it's about like these two brothers that go deep in enemy territory to carry out this mission that apparently had like really stark consequences i believe the line in the trailer was just like you know if you do not succeed your mission like it will be a massacre or whatever it kind of reminded me of uh saving private ryan with the whole like rescue your brother storyline yeah uh so yeah interesting there if you're in the mood, you know, for some uh, war film to, you know, balance out your Christmas cheer, yeah. go see uh, 1917. So last movie we want to hit on is one, again, yeah, one we, we talked about recently, but Little Women, which is the follow-up to Greta Gerwig's uh, Lady Bird. I mm. think Lady Bird is like a, a perfect movie. Like I yeah. watched it on a plane last year and I was like, I, I just love this film. Yeah. That's going to be, that's going to be considered one of the best of this decade. I would, I would imagine. Lady Bird. Yeah. Yeah, lo- yeah definitely. And you know, the cast, uh, Saoirse Ronan, who's like, you know, been nominated for like three Oscars and, you know, she's still like super young. Like she's amazing. Timothy Chalamet. Like I can make the case that he could be like the next Leonardo DiCaprio. He's a star. Um, Florence Pugh, you know, who was who was great in Midsommar, Emma yes. Watson, Meryl Streep, Laura Dern. It's really like a murderer's row of just like badass female actors. Yeah. And, you know, this is a period piece. I believe it's a, adapted from, from a novel. And <laughs> Yeah, it definitely is. Women, they have minds and they have souls as well as just hearts. I want to be great or nothing. And they've got ambition and they've got talent as well as just beauty. And I'm so sick of people saying that love is just all a woman is fit for. I'm so sick of it. So, Little Women, that is, God, I want to say we hit about 20 different movies over, you know, October, November, December. There is a lot here to be excited about. I mean, in a range of like everything from, you know, dark, serious drama, Oscar contenders to big blockbusters, star-driven vehicles, you know, comedies. Like, this is going to be a really great, you know, season of movies. So to end this this episode, we really, we quickly wanted to talk about two notable live music performances that we, we recently attended yeah. separately, given that I'm in Brooklyn and Rob is in the greater uh, LA area. Correct. And they're actually from two acts that we, we, we talked about on the pod this summer. Yeah, just recently. So, Rob, you want to uh, fill listeners in on your Boney Vare live sure. experience? Yeah, so I saw Boney Vare uh, f- kind of for the first time. I mentioned on the last pod that I had seen him at... Uh, the Hollywood Bowl last year with the two dance dance company um, that didn't feel so much like a Boney Bear show as it was sort of this like live performance piece. Um, but this concert was just purely like Boney Bear doing a tour for his new album I I, um, 
Sharon Van Etten opened for Bon Iver uh, at the Forum in, in L.A., where the Lakers used to play. Um, I had never been there before. It's actually in Inglewood, right next to where the new uh, SoFi yeah, the SoFi uh, Center is going to be, where the, the Chargers and Rams are going to be playing, and it's going to be like the NFL headquarters. Um, interesting to see that building like under construction. It looks insanely massive. Um, but the Forum was a really cool venue. Um, the acoustics were good. Uh, the lighting was really cool. Um, bon Iver, like one of my favorite bands of all time, I would say at this point with five, five albums, um, I, I is a really good album. Um, I, I think I've, it's grown on me even more than the, when I talked about it on the last episode, like I'm really in, enjoying it. Got the vinyl, Natalie bought it. We've listened to it <laughs> Once quite you get a the bit. Vinyl. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's on, um, the show was just great. Like Justin Vernon's voice just like really, you know, it doesn't lose, it doesn't skip a beat like from how it sounds on the record. Like live, it just, yeah. it just like carries through the stadium and just really incredible. And like all the, all the interesting like effects he puts on his voice and all the instruments and the band itself was just like perfect. Just all the elements like clicked and it was like a roller coaster of emotions because I'd been wanting to see a Bon Iver show forever. And same with Natalie. She it's like it's possibly her favorite band. So she was like over the moon excited for it and was screaming like crazy during songs yeah. and uh, yeah, it was just like a really fun night and good show. We bought some merch. We got some T-shirts and a poster. You got a, a sixty-dollar hoodie, <laughs> right? Right. I, I, you know, they were they were fairly priced, like thirty-five dollars shirts and stuff. So you know, it's to be expected. Hey, that's you know, band merch. Um, yeah. So I, I saw mean, him. I'm encouraging Justin Vernon to make more music. Totally. Yeah, I got to support the arts. I saw Boney Vare back at Radio City Music Hall. I want to say in like nice. 2013, he was touring off self-titled album it was like him in a 20 person band they sounded perfect like as you were described like it's just yeah. almost like too perfect like i know it, it, it was like weird it was like are they just playing the record like what's going on yeah. here it's like insanely good and just the timing there's so many yeah, elements intricacies. like musically to his songs and uh yeah i mean i was pretty blown away by how they're able to put that out there on a stage with all the the things happening in the songs yeah did he play much like did he play the hit did he play like skinny love like was no he, he didn't play skinny love he did play like no. f- he played flume which is one of yeah. like his all-time hits and uh he played probably five or six i should say they not just he but you know justin vernon yeah. kind of is bon Iver and like yeah it's kind of this blurred line of like, like is rotating bon band is it yeah Justin yeah right yeah i mean he's worked with so many people he's really like a musical collaborator in a lot of ways but uh yeah um they played maybe five or six from 22 a million and you know a few of the staples like i said flume and a few others um but then i would say I mean, it opened with the first two songs of this new record, I, I, and then closed with the final two songs. And then probably if I don't know how many tracks are on the record, like 12 or so, it's probably played like nine of those. So it was, you know, dominated by the, the new stuff. But there was a lot of uh, uh, 22 a million in there as well. Dope, dope. So my uh, performance that I wanted to review here was seeing Vampire Weekend which was my first time seeing them live with my fiance Becky. We were, it was their first time performing at Madison Square Garden, which I was kind of surprised by given, you know, how popular and successful they've been. Yeah, I'm shocked by that. You know, 
for you know since they formed like 11 years ago but this uh, was their first show at msg that's cool hometown show you could tell it meant a lot to them to be playing in front of their home crowd right this is the father of the bride tour i've gone on record saying this is my favorite album since kendrick lamar's damn they played for two and a half hours over 30 songs wow performed you know, a lot, of course, off of Father of the Bride, but also a lot off their, their self-titled album from 2008. Oh, Which makes sense that. given the hometown crowd, like giving the diehard fans, like, you know, playing the songs that they first fell in love with them. And, yeah. you know, you could, they could, you could tell they got a kick, they got a kick out of playing those. Right. The show, it, it somehow felt very intimate, despite it being in this 20,000-person arena, you know, the world's most famous arena, Madison mm-hmm. Square Garden. Mm-hmm. The the second song they played, Unbelievers, off, F, which is a great track off of uh, their um, their album from 2013-2014, uh, Modern uh, Vampires of the City. Um. It was like a white hipster mosh pit on the floor. <laughs> like, everyone danced. I yeah. mean, this is like, you know, hipster utopia at a right. Vampire Weekend show. <laughs> Um, Ezra, the, the, the front man, the plaid shirts were just flying all over the, I was like suffocated yeah. with like beards. And I mean, look, I, I'm, you know, I don't right. know. I mean, beard, we're like, laughing. These are my, these are my, these are my people. It's funny. Cause it's true. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, that was another, a great you know, line from the succession by Stewie on the, the most recent uh, succession episode, by the way, the, uh, when he said mm. the comedians like breaking down the, uh, the Waystar Royco, uh, overtaking of the pierce family's company and he's like it's funny because it's true sorry huge tangent anyway <laughs> yeah well I'll, I'll talk succession if you let's yeah, let's make this thing two hours who cares dude um so i i nah, this season is awesome back to the vampire weekend show quickly so another cool element they we got in our seats and there were these wristbands on each seat that you basically put on and you like hmm. activated and they would light up at different parts of the show, like in unison oh, that's cool. with, you know, 20,000 other people, yeah. which made for like a really cool, like visual moment, obviously. And also it was like a cool keepsake. Like we have, actually I'm looking at mine right now and it has awesome. like the date of the show, one of the logos, like from the album. Uh-huh. And yeah, like I thought that was like a cool element. I was thinking like first, you know, I, I've seen, you know, hundreds and hundreds of like live performances. Like, I think this is the first time, like, you get to your seat and there's like this prop that thing. makes you kind of like part of like the overall show. So that was That's really cool. cool. It's like a bobblehead. <laughs> it is. It is basically, yeah, like a Nats bobblehead, but for, you know, hipsters and, and so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ezra, the front man, you know, these guys love playing in New York. Like he was wearing during the encore, which was like eight songs. It had like a Knicks jersey. You know, he's like, oh, cool. He's playing, you know, to the crowd. Yeah. There, like, yeah. you know, Knicks fans and stuff. And these are my people. During the encore, they freaking t- literally took requests from the audience. Like yeah, if that's they were crazy. playing in you, you know some basement. Yeah, like that was one thing that really shook out to me. Like, like there were three different tracks that they had. You know, the people were requesting you know random songs from their catalog, mm-hmm. and they played them. That was really cool. And I think just overall, like the performance. You know, it was my first time seeing them live. It really crystallized for me that they're easily one of my favorite bands of the decade, if not my favorite, like just really nice, uh, really, you know, connect with them, um, you know, in, in a number of ways. And just like, yeah. ultimately they're just like amazing songwriters and I love their discography and it was great seeing them. Hopefully it won't be the last. And on that note, let's, let's wrap this, this, yeah. uh, this megapod. Up. Good. I'm sweating. <laughs> yeah. Dude, literally my shirt has been off this whole time. Uh, when we, I turn my turn AC off, off like, AC, yeah. 
things go bad quickly. We turn the ACs off so it doesn't, <laughs> the humming isn't picked up on the mic. Like, this is the yeah. sacrifices we make. And I know. as a result, and we're also like excited to talk about all these things. Right. Like, oh, the yeah. perspiration. I'm, I'm like churning in my seat here. Yeah, time to take a shower. So, <laughs> that's going to do it for this episode of Must Go Faster. Thanks so much, as always, everyone, for listening. Share this pod, spread the word, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk with you guys next time. Peace. Yeah, I second all of that, what he said. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, everyone. Peace.